my pastor, our pastor, Stephanie and, and my family, Pastor Brad White. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to give him the biggest standing ovation. I want you to give him a huge momentum church welcome. Big shout out to my pastor, Pastor Brad White. You guys hear me okay? We're good? So honored to be here with you. Um, this is a dream come true for me because I absolutely adore Tim and Stephanie Payne. I mean, I mean, he talks about, listen, Tim is one of the most godly guys I've ever known. Stephanie's one of the most godly women I've ever known. And they, they talk about me pouring into them. Let me tell you. I was looking forward to this trip so Tim could pour into me. And listen, to be here, I remember when this was all a dream. I remember when this was just a conversation at Starbucks. I remember with Tim dreaming over it and to see all of your faces, all these changed lives. Absolutely unbelievable. Just so proud of you. So proud of you. So glad to be here. You know, I I had a different message I was going to do up to just about two days ago. And God just began to work in my heart about, about doing um, a different message. And this message today is I want to talk to somebody who thinks it's over. Who maybe you've gone through a loss in your life. You've gone through a loss. And you think now that your best days are behind you. That maybe the loss is so great. Maybe, maybe you're not where you thought you would be at this stage of your life. When you graduated high school, you thought by 30 you would be at this place or 40 by this place and you're not there. Maybe you're a young couple and you've been wanting to have a child and you've not been able to have a baby. Or maybe you've had a miscarriage and you're wondering if you'll ever be able to have a baby. I want to talk to you and share with you one of the greatest promises of God in all of the Bible. Now, let me set the context here. We're going to be in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel. At this time in history, the king of Babylon, the Babylonian Empire, was a guy named Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was a megalomaniac, all right? He, uh, he built huge statues to himself out in, uh, in, open, in a big, huge open space and made people bow down and worship him. I mean, he was, a, he was an egomaniac, all right? And Nebuchadnezzar had a dream one night. And see, God has a way at times to speak through dreams. And he had a dream, and he, and he, and he couldn't understand what it meant. So he brought in all of his, you know, his, uh, uh, you know, you know, magicians and all these people to come in and try to tell the dream. And they couldn't tell the dream. And so um, finally he hears there's a guy named Daniel, that Daniel uh, is, a, is not a Babylonian. He's a Hebrew slave that serves there in Babylon. And he said, bring him here. And he tells the dream to Daniel. So here we go. Daniel chapter 4, verse number 10. While I was lying in bed, this is what I dreamed. I saw a large tree in the middle of the earth. Let's go. Here we go. The large tree in the middle of the earth. The tree grew very tall and strong, reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. 
It had fresh green leaves, and it was loaded with fruit for all to eat. Wild animals lived in its shade, and birds nested in its branches. All the world was fed from this tree. So he says, I I had a dream in this tree that went all the way to the heavens. The branches went out, and there was fruit of all kinds hanging on the branches. And birds and other animals made nests in the, in the tree. And animals that, that skirted along the ground, they were in the shade under the branches. Then I lay there dreaming. I saw a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven. The messenger shouted, cut down the tree. Lop off its branches. Shake off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Chase the animals from its shade and the bird from its branches. Now listen, verse 15. But leave the stump and the roots in the ground, bound with a band of iron and bronze, and surrounded by tender grass. Today I want to talk about, thank God for the stump. Now, now listen, our church is loud, okay, where I live. They talk back to me. They talk trash to me, all right? So now listen. Now, listen, I, I need your help, okay? The more you're in it, the shorter I preach. Is that a deal? So I know it's early. I know some of you haven't had caffeine yet. I don't know about you, but I don't see caffeine as a drug. I see it as a vitamin. Amen? Anybody else like that? I believe in it. I believe in it. I believe you got to have the motion lotion. You know what I'm saying? All right. So we're going to repeat this over and over again. Thank God. For the stump. I'm going to show you why you're going to thank God for it in just a minute. So say it with me. Thank God for the stump. Now more than 10 of you. Let's go. This is an all skate. The ball's turning in the middle of the roller rink. All right, here we go. Thank God for the stump. Say it again. Thank God for the stump. Thank God for the stump. So he goes to Daniel. He says, Daniel, tell me what this means. And Daniel said, oh, king. He said, I'm not, I'm, you know, God interprets dreams, not me. He said, but I wish somebody else was giving you this message and not me. He said, I, I wish somebody else would give it to you. He said, the tree that reaches to the heavens is your kingdom. God has blessed you mightily. Mightily. Fruit hangs from your branches. You've helped feed people and provide for people all over your kingdom. People find protection and shade under your branches. But the messenger from heaven is God. Not you, the one true God that you have rejected and turned your back on. And he says, the cutting of the branches is is that for seven years, seven seasons of time, the Bible says, you're going to live like an animal. You're going to become an animal. You're going to live among the weeds, and you're going to scurry along to find prey, and your fingernails are going to grow long. He said, but in verse 26, this is awesome. He said, but the stump and the roots were left in the ground. This means that you will receive your kingdom back again when you have learned that heaven rules. So it wasn't long after that. That he got up before everybody, Nebuchadnezzar, brought all these people in, made a huge statement from the palace and said, I am the greatest of all time. Look at my kingdom. Look at all of you that look to me as a God. Look at how incredible I am and all that I have. Look at me. 
And the Bible says in that moment, Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind. Immediately his hair began to grow long. His fingernails grew long. Hair grew all over his body. And he was delusional. So his servants took him and just took him out and just dropped him off in the woods. And for seven years, he lived like an animal. Thank God for the stomp. Have you lost something great? Talk to me. Do you feel like where you are, your best days are behind you? Maybe you you just came out of a marriage that ended. And you're trying to find your new normal. And you're trying to figure out how to live and work. And your emotions are rattling around you like like a pinball machine. You're trying to figure it out. Maybe you just lost a loved one. Maybe you lost a parent. Maybe you lost a sibling. Maybe you lost a good friend. And you're trying, you're trying to figure this out. And you're having supper at a table where there's an empty chair. Maybe you just lost your job. You don't know what you're going to do. It came out of nowhere. It wasn't because you didn't work hard. It was because of things outside of your control. And today you're worried about finances. You're worried about what tomorrow holds. Maybe you're in a marriage that unless a miracle happens, it won't make it. And you're questioning yourself, why did I make this choice? And now there's kids involved. Maybe your body is battling a disease. Maybe you're battling cancer. And you're wondering Is it all behind me now? I want to tell you that God always leaves a stump. Here's the principle. Here's the biblical principle. In God's sovereign control. Now, God is sovereign. We're not sovereign. God's sovereign. He's not random. He doesn't because you say a cuss word driving down I-10. All of a sudden, you're going to get killed in a car wreck because you said a cuss word. All right? If that happened, Pastor Tim would be killed last night driving me around. No, I'm just joking. 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 God's not random. God's not random. He, he's sovereign. He's in control. He's on it. And in God's sovereign control, he never allows the enemy to get everything. Now, the enemy gets a lot. And there are things I lose because of mistakes I make and choices I make. Some of you, you don't have a good relationship with your adult kids because of decisions you made when they were young. And the enemy stole a lot from you. Stole a lot. Sometimes we lose things because of things outside of our control. But if you're breathing, and if there's blood in your veins, And your heart's pumping. The promise from God is Satan didn't get everything. Now, he got got a lot. But he always leaves us. There's a heavenly hedge that God in his sovereignty and his power says, Now, Satan... 
You can get to here. But beyond here, there is no more. That's the stump. Now listen to me. I'm going to give you three points, and then I'm going to head to Navarre. You ready? Number one, he always leaves a stump. Say that with me. He always leaves a stump. You may not be able to see it, but based on God's word, not me, not Pastor Tim, based on God's word that never changes, he always leaves a stump. There's something in your life that remains. There's something in your marriage that is crumbling that remains. There's something in your life that remains. There's something in you that still lives. He always, always, always leaves a stump. If you're breathing, I think we all are. Some of us more heavy than others. We're all breathing. He always leaves a stop. But number two, he always leaves life in the stump. He doesn't just leave a symbol of a life that was lived. He doesn't just leave, this was once a tree that had huge branches and grew tall, and this is what remains, and we're going to put a plaque on it. No, the Bible says that in the dream, the, the, the voice from heaven said, put brass around it. Let's read it exactly what it says. He said, put, in four, uh, he said, um, uh, he says, but leave the stump and the roots in the ground bound with a band of iron and bronze and surrounded by tender grass. The reason the, the bronze and the, the, the cap was put over the stump is that so no bugs or elements could get to the stump. God said, I'm going to protect and preserve the life that is within the stump. See, what you don't realize is in your life, is that God has protected things in you when you were even rejecting Him. He protected things in your life. He has protected life for you. There is something protected. There's life in it. Look at me. Not only what you have today that you have left, is there something, but there's something with life in it. There's life in it. You know, as a pastor, just like Pastor Tim goes through, you go through seasons of wins, and you go through seasons of losses. But losses seem to leave you lost because you didn't see it coming. I remember when we were at this stage as a church. Actually, we were a lot smaller than where you are today in this story. We had just moved onto the gym floor at the YMCA, we were about two and a half years old as a church. Big day. We had raised money, $75,000. We had to, to buy this equipment and be able to have, we were meeting in a small little room. And, and it was like a, a, just a basically just an, an overgrown Sunday school class. And so then we had, we had moved out on this gym floor and bought speakers and had some screens. And then we were thinking, man, you know, you know, it's just the next thing is going to be national television. I mean, we thought we were, we were on it, right? So... $75,000, I mean, it might, have been, might as well have been $75 million, okay? 
moved out there first Sunday, and there was a volunteer, a great guy uh, that that ran, you know, our little our our stuff on the screens and all that. And he worked back there next to the sound guys and all that. And by the way, don't you thank God for these guys that work the sound and all that? So he he was he was back there working it, and a guy on my team. Um, in this guy that was running, he was a good guy, but he, did, you know, he's just one of these, just a good volunteer that just didn't know what he was doing. I mean, he was a good guy and faithful. He just didn't know what he's doing. The problem is not that he didn't know what he was doing. He thought he didn't know what he was doing. So that's that's the problem. And so one of my guys that was like my my only person that that was on my staff, um, he would go. He was going to me. He was saying, he said, "Listen, man, uh, the, the, the alignment's not right. We got to kind of get it shifted up here." And I mean, he told me, he said, "I'm done." Closed his computer, because we didn't own the computer. He did. Unplugged it and walked out on our first Sunday on the floor. Now, you say, bad. Let me tell you something else. He gave over 30% of the budget every week. Now, before I go on stage, Tim, to speak, one of those messengers, you always have them. They just can't wait to tell you. You can't wait till it's over. They can't wait till after you've eaten. And I'm going to tell you, pastors have to eat on Sunday afternoons. I'm telling you. So, I mean, you can't wait till after you eat. Catches me before I go and says, I want to tell you, man, uh, the Nashes have left. Huh? Left. Now, I would love to tell you, I thought, man, their life, their marriage, their kids. But I wasn't that spiritual. I was thinking 30% of the budget is gone. <laughs> I mean, it's gone. It's over. So, man, I, I was so down. I mean, I'm calling him. I'm, you know, I was, I was a young leader. I didn't know any better. I was calling him. I'm apologizing. I'm offering to watch his kids. I'm offering to buy him a car. I'm offering to do all kind of stuff, kissing him all over the place, trying to get him to come back. I'm questioning myself. I'm questioning am I called by God. I'm questioning, did God really call me to Tampa? I'm going through all of this. Man, I was just, I, it was just a tough day. Now, I remember on that day, the same day, it's amazing how God does this. On the same day, after that service, I'm out in the lobby shaking hands, and there's an older couple. Back then, if an older couple walked in, they stood out like a sore thumb, okay? I mean, just back then, and we have a lot of them now, but not back then. So this older couple, this older couple came, and he, he had a giving envelope in his front pocket. Now, when I saw them, I knew they were not seekers. I knew that they were, they understood, amen. And they came in. And they, they, they were there. And um, I met them. Connect with them. Their names are Don and Linda. Little did I know that on the day, hang with me guys, that I was experiencing the greatest loss up to that time. God was bringing in the game changer for the next level. You know why? Because God always, always leaves a stump. What I didn't know is three or four years down the road, we'd be trying to buy our first facility, kind of like where you guys are right now, trying to buy our first facility. And we were not going to be able to get the deal done. And at the 12th hour, I got a phone call from Don. And he said, hey, can you meet me and Linda for breakfast at Panera Bread? Always look for a reason to eat. I said, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> so I met him. He said, Linda wants to tell you something. 
She began to cry. She said, every time you talk about reaching people for Jesus, my heart burns. And God woke me up and told me that we're to give you a half million dollars today for that building. I was worried about $250 a week. God brought in a half a million. God always, 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 always leaves a stump. Say, thank God for the stump. Say it again. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I've seen it in people. You think it's over. And the enemy's telling you, Satan, that it's over. You don't think you can overcome the scar tissue in your marriage. And all you have that's left is, I, I just don't want this to end. You don't have a ton of love left, maybe. You just know that you don't want it to end. And you don't want, it, you don't want that to happen for your children. And that's all you've got left. Here's what I want to show God can take that and rebuild your home. Maybe all you've got is, Jesus, just use me. You don't have much testimony left. You don't have much ego left. You just say, Jesus, this is what I got. Use me. Use me. He can start there and take your life and rebuild it. Because not only does he always leave a stump, not only does he always leave life in the stump, but he leaves greater than in the stump. Greater than. So he always leaves a stump. He always leaves life in the stump. He always leaves greater than in the stump. Look at me. If you're breathing... Your greatest days can be ahead of you. If you still inhale and exhale, your most productive days can be in front of you. Now, I'm not giving you some Tony Robbins, you know, motivational speech. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a coach up here. I'm telling you, this is God's Word. Look what happens in verse 34. After this, Time had passed. Nebuchadnezzar looked up to heaven. My sanity returned. Notice he looked up to heaven. He finally said, I'm not God. My way has not worked. I cannot fix this on my own. I cannot change on my own. He looked to heaven. My sanity returned. How many of you would like your sanity to return? And I praised and worshiped the Most High and honored the one who lives forever. His rule is everlasting and his kingdom is eternal. All the people of the earth are nothing compared to him. He has the power to do as he pleases among the angels of heaven and with those who live on earth. No one can stop him or challenge him, saying, what do you mean by doing these things? When my sanity returned to me, so did my honor and glory and kingdom. My advisors, watch this, my advisors and officers sought me out and I was reestablished as head of my kingdom with even greater honor than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, 
praise and glorify and honor the King of heaven. All his acts are just and true. And he is able to humble those who are proud. He always leaves greater than in the stump. We see throughout Scripture from beginning to end that when people are at the bottom, they're at the beginning. It's all over. All throughout Scripture. When David was on the bottom, it was the beginning. When Solomon hit the bottom, it was the beginning. When Nebuchadnezzar hit the bottom, it was the beginning. When Paul hit the bottom, it was the beginning. See, what our friends say is over. God says, if you'll turn to me, you're just getting started. Maybe your parents are saying your marriage is over. Get out. God's saying, turn to me and give me a chance. Maybe you've bombed as a parent. And you just believe that you're you're just never going to be able to have that relationship with your children. What you see is the bottom. God says, give me a chance. And I can reestablish things and build things that you could never dream of. I can do it greater than. Let me tell you another story from the Old Testament about a guy named Samson. Have you ever heard of Samson? He was a he-man with a she-weakness. <laughs> Known a lot of guys like that. He was a he-man with a she-weakness. God had his hand on Samson. He was a child of promise. God said, I want, told his parents when he was born, I said, I want, him, I want him to take the Nazarite vow, which was like, it wasn't for everybody, and it wasn't wrong if you didn't do it, but it was like, I want to go to the next level in my relationship with God. He could not, he could not eat grapes, figs, could not drink wine. It wasn't wrong to drink wine, it was wrong for him to drink wine. Couldn't touch a dead body. And God said, I want his hair to grow long. And as long as his hair is long, I will endow Samson with unbelievable strength. This is a guy that killed a lion with his bare hands. Ripped his jaws, killed him. Broke his neck, killed him. This is a guy that took a jawbone from a donkey, killed a thousand men with one jawbone. This is a man, when he got mad that they wouldn't let him inside the gates of a city, he picked up the gates carried the gates out and threw the gates away. This dude was bad. Actually, I got a, I got a bro crush on this kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he is that kind of guy, all right? He would have been on the front of Men's and Fitness magazine. He would have been the man. But, you know, Samson goes to a land that he should never have been. He thought he was invincible. He meets a woman named Delilah. They start sleeping together. Everything gets confusing. And she says, Samson, tell me the source of your strength. He said, well, if you'll, if you'll tie me up with some, some green weeds, he said, I'll lose all my strength. And so he went to sleep and woke up. And he had, she had some soldiers tie him up while he was asleep. She said, Samson, the Philistines are coming. And he woke up, broke them. She goes, you didn't tell me the truth. He goes, here's the deal. If you'll tie me up with brand new ropes, green ropes, be it. Goes to sleep with his head on her lap. Soldiers come. 
wrap him up. She goes, Samson, Samson, the Philistines are coming. He wakes up, she, he breaks it. She's like, how are we going to build anything? If you don't, like, tell me. He's like, here's the deal. If you take my hair and you weave it in with a weaver's beam, I lose all my strength. So he goes to sleep. They wove his hair. Now, how he didn't wake up, I don't know. I want to take what he's taking. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's out. So they, 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 they weave his hair with the weaver's beam. And she says, Samson, the Philistines are coming. He wakes up and goes, pulls it out. This time she loses it. <gasps> and she goes, I'm giving you one more chance. One more time. He said, the secret's my hair. I have a covenant with God that as long as my hair is long, I'm endowed with strength. But if you cut my hair, I lose it. Now, you would think Samson would get a clue. But you understand, when you're sleeping together outside of marriage, it confuses everything. You can't think straight. So he goes to sleep. They shave his head. The next morning, she says, Samson, the Philistines are coming. He jumps up, but he's weak. He's emaciated. They take him, and they gouge his eyes out. With hot pokers, see, sin robs you of what you used to be able to see. They take him out to the gristle mill, and they tie him to a long post and chain him like a mule. And he's blind, lost everything. He begins to push. He walks in circles like a mule, remembering the days when he had strength, remembering the days when God's hand was on him. Remembering the days. But something happens tied to the pole. Samson gets right with God. He says, God, I, I want to I push this pole. I want to I grind this grain in love with you. And something amazing began to happen. Look at Judges. Look at Judges 16. It's amazing. The Bible says that why begin to push it? His hair began to grow. And as his hair began to grow, pushing the pole, his strength began to come back. He always leaves a stump. God's promise over Samson was stronger than the sin that Samson committed. God had a plan for him. He just kept pushing, kept pushing. His hair grows. Well, now they got this big party. They, the the, the uh, Philistine army, they bring in all their leaders. This is a big, huge celebration of the wins for the year. Huge thing. And one of them says, isn't there an old drunk Jewish guy? Used to be strong, muscle man. Yeah, Samson. They said, yeah, he's just blind and grinds grain for a living. They said, why don't you go get him, bring him in here, and tie him up to these poles so we can mock him and laugh at him, make a scene out of him. So they went and got him. They drug him in there. 
can't see anything. They're laughing, jeering, throwing stuff on him, cursing him, cursing his God, celebrating the victory, and they tied him to the pole. Half drunk by now, the people demanded, bring out Samson so he can amuse us. So he was brought out. He was, so he was brought from the prison to amuse them. Keep going. And they had him stand between the pillars supporting the roof. Samson said to the young servant who was leading him by the hand, place my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple. I want to rest against them. They put him there between them. Now the temple was completely filled with people. All the Philistine rulers were there. And there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching as Samson amused them. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. That's where it starts. Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. Just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple, pushing against them with both hands. He prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the people, the Philistine rulers and all the people. Watch this, verse 30. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. He leaves greater than in the stump. Now look at me. There's two decisions we make, and I'm going to pray. Today, each one of us need to thank God for the stump that remains. Number two, we're going to obey him with what we have left. The best decision you can make today is just to turn to him and give him what remains. If you've never made that decision to choose and follow Jesus in your life, I'm talking about turning from your life as it is and turning to follow Jesus. If you have not done that, that's the first step. Maybe you have done that, but there's just some stuff in your life that you don't know where to go from here. Your best decision is to say, Jesus, I give it to you. I give you the stump. Use me. You do that. You put him first in every area of your life. And you watch him go to work. And you watch what happens. And you watch how he does it. He'll transform your life. He'll do it. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you say, Brad... Where do I start? This is all new to me. I've been coming to Momentum for a few weeks. Maybe it's your first time. You're trying to connect the dots. Here's the starting block. The starting point is to turn and give Jesus your life. Now, listen, let me be very clear. I'm not talking about putting a Jesus button on your shirt. I'm not talking about, well, yeah, man, I just I want to make sure that everything's cool. No, I, I'm talking about dying to yourself I'm talking about this is not hey I want to be a friend with Jesus yeah sure whatever no this is you die to you and you say I'm choosing to follow Jesus regardless of the cost it's him or nothing have you done that I'm not asking you if you've been christened that's a beautiful thing I'm not asking you if you've had communion beautiful thing I'm not asking you, did your nana take you to church? Beautiful thing. 
Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? If you haven't, today's the day. You say, Brad, I want to take that step. I want to lead you in a prayer. Now, this is not some kind of incantation. I just want to help you call out to Jesus. You can say it in your own words, but just privately in your heart, something like this, if you mean it. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I cannot save myself. But I believe by faith that you died on a cross and you rose again for me. And today I'm turning my back on my life as it is. I'm turning my back on my sins, on my brokenness, on my anger, on my agenda, on my own moral code. I'm turning my back on all of that. And I know I won't be perfect, but I'm turning to you, Jesus. And I choose to follow you today. I'm choosing to trust you and you alone as my Savior. And I receive your forgiveness and salvation today. I'm following you from this day forward, regardless of the cost. Amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that with me, I'm so proud of you. I want you to make eye contact with me. Just look at me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to count to three. This church knows what to do. They're going to cheer like crazy. They're going to go berserk. Okay? And if you prayed that with me, I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand up for just a second so that we can rejoice with you that you gave your life to Jesus. On the count of three. You ready? Here we go. Help me, momentum. One, two, three. Brad, I prayed that. I took that step. Thank you. I took that step. That's awesome.